The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. I'm Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. We're watching the radar right now. If weather breaks, we break in immediately. You're on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. And I'm Dayton's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend. afternoon listeners and welcome to the Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro and today I'm in with uh, Mark Avery and Dave Williams and we're from Sim Trainer. I'm going to forego, forego all the formalities because I have a lot of things I want to talk about today. Uh, for those of you that uh, are in the Dayton area, I just want to kind of review some headlines that you may or may not have uh, been privy to this last uh, weekend. I'm going to start off by mentioning that there was a crazed gunman who went on a shooting rampage in the Oregon district, killing nine and injuring 27. A subheadline to that is a heroic rapid response by uh, police officers in less than 60 seconds resulted in the gunman being killed and many more lives being saved. Also in that same script was that the perpetrator's social media reveals that he identified himself as a leftist satanic socialist who had who hated President Trump and was who supported President Warren or I'm sorry Elizabeth Warren. Perpetrator also uh, had a history of threatening violence as a youth in high school, but uh, his record was apparently expunged, um, and the gun used in the incident was legally purchased by the shooter. Now, I know that's probably a little bit different than the headlines you saw and heard this past weekend, but from a factual basis, that's pretty much the facts. Now, there are lots of other things that went along with this, and there's certainly a lot of other things that were alleged, other things that were said, but what I want to do today is I want to focus on the facts because I know there are a lot of our listeners out there who have uh, feelings and opinions both ways. And I encourage you, regardless of what your opinion is, feel free to call in here at the studio at 457-1290. That's 457-1290, and we'd be more than glad to talk to you about any of your uh, um, perspectives, um, insight uh, on on this matter and uh, related matters. I I would like to kind of focus on this matter, but remember this show is about anything about guns, gun-related issues. So if you have anything on your mind you want to talk about, feel free to call us. But uh, we want to talk uh, specifically about what has happened over the last week and uh, the related issues. And Mark, I want to just give you about uh, 30 seconds to maybe give your perspective or add anything that I haven't already addressed relative to kind of our lead into today's show. Well, I think the biggest thing is something that we always talk about in these events is that the investigation is still ongoing and there's a whole lot of information we don't know yet. So the, you know, we we try to hold back and wait until we have real no kidding information. The investigation report comes out. There's a lot more information that will be discovered. There's a lot of things that are going into the background of the shooters and, and some of the other information that is yet to be discovered Um, and some things that we have some inklings of, but we don't yet know for sure. And I think that's, that's kind of important that we have facts. That's what we've tried to do on this show from, for the last 10 plus years. And we're not going to change that now simply because we have an event that's very close to home, very important, very raw in everybody's feelings and rightly so, but that doesn't mean we're going to change the way we do things because it's much more important to get it right than to get it first. 
And, and that's kind of where we've been all along, and we're not going to change that. As I mentioned in my open, I have uh, um, another guest in the studio today, Dave Williams, retired Dayton police officer, um, who's a frequent expert contributor to our show. And Dave, I want to give you the same opportunity to maybe make any comments you have relative to the last week. Well, <clears throat> I agree as well. Um, having been in the position of investigating these, uh, obviously not anything to this level, because this uh, is the first time anything of this level has ever happened in Dayton. Uh, but we, we have to give the investigators the opportunity to, to uh, gather the information, uh, to come to uh, logical conclusions, and to understand what really happened there. Follow the facts. Yeah, the, the, uh, the amount of information, uh, and I was talking to one of the investigators last night, the amount of information that is gathered is phenomenal. Um, the tracks of the bullets, the, um, the injuries, the, just the cameras uh, and the video that was collected. Collecting and sifting through all yeah, of that. Is unbelievable. So uh, people are going to expect, and excuse my voice, it's cracking up today, but people are going to expect some immediate answers, and it's not going to happen. We probably won't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than a year uh, before a full conclusion is done. And that, and that's not uncommon, as we know from right. incidents that have occurred across the country six months to a year before the official after-action report is revealed, and we know pretty much what happened. There's still there's still questions remaining in the Las Vegas incident, for example. Exactly. They're still looking at motive and, and turning over or, or exploring leads and things of that nature. Uh, relative to the amount of information, as a retired police officer, this just gives you an idea. I had a friend call me and give me third-party information concerning the suspect and some of the suspect's associates. Obviously, I took that information down in as much detail as I could and passed it on to one of the detectives involved. So um, it was just pure happen chance that uh, a person that I happen to know very well ran into somebody who had some pretty good information relative to um, associates and prior activities of the suspect. So this is going on, and as people find out more information, there will unlikely or un undoubtedly be circumstances where someone, even a week from now, a month from now, possibly even a year from, year from now, says, you know what, now that I think about it, right. and they'll relay that information, and that's going to take some time for the police to compile that data. But what we know are the facts that I listed here, and unfortunately, I think with over the last week, some of the facts have gotten muddled down. And uh, that's what I want to kind of focus on today. So we're going to go right out the phones and talk to our first caller. All right, let's go out and talk uh, with Bruce, who's calling from Greenville. And uh, Bruce, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. How have you been? Good. Well, Bruce. it's been a wild week. It has been a wild week. And the first and foremost thing I'd like to say is I'd like to put out a humongous thank you to the Dayton police officers that responded, that ran into the noise and for the noise of the gunfire and did what they had to do to stop that maniac from killing more people. The only negative I can see in their ass and their aspect is uh, now these fine gentlemen will have to live with what they were forced to do by this lunatic. My heart goes out to them, and I hope that they can handle this and do it well. Same, very, very proud of them. Same from all the rest of us here. And I think you're, you're hearing that pretty much universally across the board from even quarters that normally would not be strong supporters of the police department and what they do and the, and the work that they have to do and are often forced to do. But uh, we are hearing that very, very frequently throughout this last week. And it's, it's really 
gratifying to hear that. Well, as a retired member of the armed forces and a former law enforcement officer myself, I can understand, not to the degree they do because I was never in their situation, but I can understand pretty well what they had to deal with. But I was so impressed with their response. They charged in without hesitation. They took on a guy with a rifle, and they did it with handguns. And I had some blogger, you know, tell me that, well, you can't go up against a guy with a rifle with handguns. Well, these fine gentlemen did, and they were successful because of their guts, their glory, and their determination. Yeah, well, we we are fortunate to have in studio today an individual, uh, Dave, who's uh, been in that situation on several occasions. Dave, if you want to add any perspective to what the caller just well, talked about. Well, thanks for your service, Dave. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's people, and I, and I know the officers, or at least I know one very well, and um, they will tell you that they were just doing their job, and uh, that is a common response uh, from anybody that's in that situation. Uh, they were trained to do that. Uh, they responded the way that they were trained, and they did an awesome job. Um, and the vast majority of any police officer uh, anywhere in the country would do the same thing. Uh, well, that just shows another huge trait of their character, one that's sadly lacking from a lot of people in society today, and that's humility. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you know, and they, uh, you you will see that as as you get to know them. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, uh, the limelight is going to be on them for a long time, and um, I know that they would not want that. Uh, but that's the nature of the way things will be uh, there. And again, I know one very well, the, the uh, younger guys uh, I didn't get to know because I was retired by the time they came on. Uh, but they, uh, the one uh, sergeant, a uh, very good guy and uh, very well trained. Well, I'd like to move on a little bit here and get to the point of my call. And that's the so-called red flag laws that are being proposed all over the place. These things are antithetical to our Constitution. If these things are put into place and allowed to stand, the rule of law and our system of justice is gone. The Constitution will be gutted. If these are passed, here's a minimum of what's going to happen. It's going to directly violate the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the Seventh Amendment, and the Fourteenth Amendment. Obviously, the Second Amendment's easy to tell. They're going to tell us that they can come in and infringe upon our right that's not to be infringed upon. We get to the Fourth Amendment. Well, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable search and seizure shall not be violated. So they're going to take the unsubstantiated word of someone who claims to have knowledge of your instability and go to a court and get an order to come and seize your property without you even knowing it's happening till you hear the knock on the door. When it comes to the fifth, we're not supposed to be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on pre present presentment of an indictment of a grand jury, except in cases nah, that's militia. We're not worried about that. Bottom line is we can't be held accountable for a crime unless there can be shown proof that a crime has been committed. In this case, there would be no proof. Again, it's unsubstantiated hearsay. The sixth... <clears throat> You're supposed to be able to enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Well, it's going to be an ex parte hearing. And again, you won't know anything about the proceedings until you get the knock on the door at 515 in the morning 
like that man in Maryland did, and it turned out to be bogus, and he was shot and killed. Well, Bruce, Bruce, let me just stop you right there and address a couple of issues. First of all, um, the current language in most of the red flag laws, which is really not an accurate um, title for these uh, actual laws that are being implemented, um, most of the laws require a substantiated um, allegation be made. And when they say substantiated, most of the people, officers and citizens are going to have to write out sworn affidavits swearing to the veracity of their, of their claims. So I'm not so sure. And absent looking at the actual language of the law, which isn't actually written yet, and uh, that kind of goes contrary to what we've heard when they talk about uh, guaranteeing the due process rights. That was at the tail end of uh, um, Governor DeWine's uh, um, at least the description of one of his proposals to implement safety protection orders, which is essentially what you're talking about, the red flag laws. And it, uh, um, it's, it, he says at the very end, while maintaining the individual's right to due process, which covers a lot of these particular issues. The, the other the, thing, the main thing that's different, though, is that he says that that due process will occur after the temporary confiscation as opposed to. Okay. Um, and that and that is that that's uh, I, where the understood. But again, in. we can only surmise without knowing what is actually going to be in the law. And the other thing I want to mention twofold is um, no crime. Uh, you're exactly right when you say no. Absolutely, the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, to a certain degree, particularly the Fifth, won't necessarily apply because no crime. The fact that you've got a mental situation, absent you physically threatening somebody with uh, serious physical harm or harm, there's no crime that has actual occur, uh, actually occurred. Just somebody suspecting that an individual um, poses a risk of their, of the, to themselves or others is not a crime in and of itself, absent other circumstances. So um, when we come back, stay on the line with us because we're going to have to take a break for our first break of the, the hour. We want to continue on this. So please stay on the line, Bruce, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay, we are going to take uh, our first break for the hour, but if you'd like to be a part of this discussion, please give us a call at 457-1290. We'd love to get your views as well. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro with Dave Williams for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor shooting range and firearms training center, is celebrating 15 years in business this month. We offer recreational and competitive shooting, individual and small group lessons, firearms training classes, including our award-winning First Shots program, the area's best concealed carry course, and a series of advanced handgun courses, which include shooting on the move and at moving targets, low-light shooting, and spontaneous self-defense shooting, among other topics. Thinking about buying a gun? Try it before you buy it at Sim Trainer. We have many of the most popular handguns on the market in stock. Sim Trainer supports youth shooting initiatives by participating in the Scholastic Action Shooting Program, the Steel Challenge, and by offering youth shooting sports camps in the summer. Sim Trainer also sells firearms and ammo and shooting accessories. For more information, go to sim-trainer.com. Call the range at 293-3914 or stop by the range, which is located at 2031 Dryden Road, Moraine. 
Experience the Sim Trainer difference. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Garage floors can be a mess with cracked concrete, puddles, stains, and dirt that gets tracked inside. If I've described your garage, you need Nature Stone. Don't try to paint. That's the same old junk, and it won't work. Nature Stone is the solution backed by Russell's Promise, a true 100% unconditional warranty. Get your Nature Stone garage floor installed by the end of August and save up to 50% off. Schedule your free in-home estimate online at naturestone.com. And it's like my friend Mike Massetta says, it's not just a floor. Wow, it's Nature Stone. Whether you're a young athlete, active adult, or weekend warrior, the Orthopedic Institute of Dayton is there when your body needs repair. Like a trusted friend you can rely on, OID has been providing care to patients in Dayton and surrounding communities since 1971 with services like sports medicine, spinal care, total joint replacement, and foot and ankle, along with MRIs and physical therapy. With a team of dedicated fellowship-trained physicians with you every step of the way. So remember, the Orthopedic Institute of Dayton. To learn more, visit orthodayton.com. Over 20 years' experience helping your neighbors with financial planning, portfolio management, and insurance. Let Rusty Miller bring his experience to you. Listen every Sunday morning from 7 to 7.30 a.m., 12.30 p.m. to 1 p.m., and now for a full hour at 5 p.m. on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. We're looking at mostly sunny skies for our Saturday. Low humidity and a high of 81 degrees. It'll stay quiet in the evening and overnight as well. Low temperatures dropping to 60 degrees. More sunshine in store for Sunday with a high of 86. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. And um, if you want to get in on today's show, please call us at 457-1290. Right before the break, we were talking with Bruce. And Bruce, are you still out there with us? I certainly am. Okay, and I'll let you continue now with uh, some of your... Um, explanation relative to your understanding of what's been proposed specific to red flag law. Okay, a lot of people wouldn't believe this of me because I am adamantly opposed to Governor DeWine on many, many different areas. But having watched his press conference and watched it several times, thanks to the internet, I wrote down all 17 proposals that he puts forth. And believe it or not, I can support most of them, especially the ones regarding the uh, mental health issues, because that is the determining factor, in my opinion, of these shootings. Right. Now, the ones I disagree with are the red flag until I can be convinced that there will be absolute strict compliance with due process. Right. I get my information because I looked at the 17 states that have them on the books at this time, and the majority of them pretty much scrap due process. Well, let let me just tell you, first of all, based on my experience, we're way different than those other states. And secondly, remember, we got a legislature that overrode the governor's veto for the first time in 17 years a couple years ago when he tried to, when Governor Kasich tried to force feed some of his anti-gun agenda uh, on us. And many of those people still remain. And uh, I want to remind our listeners, let me just tease our our audience. Next week, uh, Senator Steve Huffman, who's been with us several times, he couldn't join us today because of a personal uh, situation, but uh, he's going to come on the air next week, and we're going to hopefully talk more specific detail about suspected intention on behalf of the governor and his uh, his staff, and then uh, likely a discussion concerning verbiage and process uh, relative to the legislature. So I don't want to kind of jump too much ahead of this. I agree with you, Bruce, that we got to be mindful of how that due process is actually spelled out and how it's going to play out, because that's the critical component of the red flag um, 
the whole concept of what they call red flag or involuntarily seizing people's uh, firearms and or involuntarily submitting them to psychological evaluation, which often gets um, overlooked. But uh, um, realize that in most of the cases, as they play out now, absent red flag laws, which we're doing pretty darn well in Ohio, uh, when, when people enforce the law and do the things they're supposed to relative to what we call the pink slip process or involuntarily admission to a mental health facility for a mental evaluation um, in cases where we either divert or otherwise make sure that the guns, if that's an issue, are taken care of. We've been doing a good job with that for many years. Uh, I know throughout my t- career, I did it many times myself. And un- and realistically, I never had to take possession of the firearms. Number one, we didn't have any place to put them. Number two, we just made sure that the bad guy, or I shouldn't say the bad guy, the person who's going to be um, evaluated got taken to the hospital, removed from the premises, and made arrangements for the firearms to be either removed or permanently secured. So when the person came back, if there was still some sort of restriction, they couldn't gain access to them. So I'm just basing some of my uh, kind of uh, uh, explanation based on how it's played out in the past. But I want to make sure that we give the legislature a a chance to mold this. We certainly can voice our opinion, and voicing our opinion would be to contact those people and let them know how you feel one way or another. And maybe like we did um, when uh, Governor Kasich tried his little uh, ploy, we can have a significant impact that way. I'll give you the last word on that, Bruce. Uh, Bruce, thanks for calling the show. We, uh, let's move on because we do have a lot of folks that are trying to get in on this discussion. Let's talk to Duke, who's calling from Wilmington. Duke, welcome to the show. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And uh, as a retired multi-tour combat vet, I want to give some uh, kudos to the cops who responded. I know that's not number one in their wheelhouse, and I think they did an excellent job. Thank you. The, the two things I want to point out real quickly for you, I know there are other waiting when we look at all these proposed solutions, as it relates to a Second Amendment fix, so to speak, or solution to this problem, the reality is these things happen in, quote, gun-free zones. And we also know, <clears throat> excuse me, that it takes a good guy with a gun to stop a bad guy with a gun. So when you look at it that way, the Second Amendment fix, so to speak, is that we allow constitutional carry, unfettered constitutional carry. That's going to resolve most of these problems. The bad guys aren't stupid. They don't go to a police station to start a gunfight. They go where they think there's going to be a whole lot of unarmed people that they can victimize. The second point I'd like to make is when we talk about mental health, they don't want to address the problem. They're trying to address one of the symptoms. To say that, well, there are these crazy people out there that we can somehow identify, probably something on the enhanced background, uh, background check, whatever, and we're going to identify this crazy person with a desire and likelihood to go out and create and uh, go out and uh, do mass murder, that we're going to deny them a firearm to do that. That's insane. You don't want to leave those people out there moving around freely. It has nothing to do with that. And again, just because somebody's crazy doesn't mean they're stupid. If they know going to an FFL to buy a firearm is going to highlight them and possibly get them picked up, they're not going to do that. They can still go out and buy vehicles. They can buy gasoline. They can buy matches. So there's absolutely nothing that needs to be done with the enhanced background checks. There's nothing that needs to be done with stopping the sales. The reality is if you want to address it mental health, that is completely separate and should not touch the Second Amendment. 
you bring up a, a lot of good points. A couple I just want to mention real quickly is that uh, one of uh, Governor um, DeWine's measures is he wants to provide funding for community safety to allow uh, places to harden their targets. I'm assuming much of that's going to have to do with armed personnel, pay for armed personnel on premises, because we know that other things like locking doors doesn't necessarily do it. So at least um, that is one of the things been, that's been given some lip service and uh, been directed in that in that in that direction and it's it's a favorable thing and i agree with you relative to the mental health um there's a lot of money a lot of these proposals that he's made deal with mental health making mental health facilities available uh to all sorts of populations and providing funding so they can re-implement because there has been a significant decline in mental health um uh, services over over the um, begin from the beginning till the tail end of my my career because of funding, a lot of those services got kind of pushed out into the communities, and a lot more of those people were out there doing sorts of things that were problematic. You know, we make some uh, assumptions sometimes about what people will and won't do. You said that uh, people won't come to a police station. Uh, the last shooting I was involved with, uh, the man came to a police station, killed one of our officers, and uh, shot another. So uh, we have to be careful that we don't make assumptions what people will and won't do. Duke, thanks very much for calling the show. We need to take a break and head into the News Center. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm Dave Daniels with a WHIO News Update. Our top story, funeral services today for six of the nine victims of last week's tragic shooting in the Oregon District. Nice weather continues out there this weekend, but I'm talking the next chance for storms in the Miami Valley. I'm meteorologist Jesse Magger. Exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now WHIO triple team traffic got an accident this hour near mile marker 50 of I-75 southbound. That's going to be near more rain. Seen about a six-minute delay in that area. We've also got uh, accidents in the 400 block of Kenilworth Avenue, and we've got one uh, North Main Street at East Parkwood Drive this hour. And our top story in Dayton, a memorial set up outside Ned Pepper's Bar in the Oregon District to commemorate the nine victims killed last weekend will not be moved until after the victims are laid to rest. These memorials, a lot of this is going to their family at their funerals. WHIO reached out to the city. They told us they didn't tell Ned Pepper's to move the memorial. We do know Ned Pepper's management said the memorial is making it difficult for customers to come in and out of their business. WHIO's Molly Kowick with team coverage. Again, funeral services for six of the victims are set for today. The remaining three are set for Monday. Northbound 75 back open after being shut down early this morning near the Route 48 Main Street exit for a suspected hit-and-run crash. Dispatchers say a 911 caller told them a white SUV hit the side of his semi-trailer before hitting a wall. Meanwhile, other callers were telling dispatch that the SUV occupants were screaming that they needed to leave and that they couldn't go to jail. They reportedly got into another car and fled the scene. WHIO's Jonah Adi says the crash remains under investigation. No injuries were reported. 
Cops in Hong Kong firing tear gas into crowds of anti-government protesters this morning. Police wasted no time in dispersing this crowd. Normally the protests linger for some time and continue well into the late hours of the night. But within a few minutes, police had dispersed everyone in this area. Deborah Pattis says more protests are expected throughout the weekend. Las Vegas cops say a man is in custody for allegedly plotting to blow up a synagogue and a gay bar. Anti-terrorism investigators found diagrams and the apparent components of a destructive device in Connor Climo's home. Court documents say he joined an online encrypted chat popular with white supremacists. The documents also say Climo told an FBI informant he was scouting places to attack. Jeff Glor with team coverage. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. We're looking at mostly sunny skies for our Saturday. Low humidity and a high of 81 degrees. It'll stay quiet in the evening and overnight as well. Low temperatures dropping to 60 degrees. More sunshine in store for Sunday with a high of 86. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is all clear this hour. 78 degrees in Huber Heights, 78 in Springfield, and 79 degrees in Dayton at 233. With news on the hour, the half, and instantly when it breaks, I'm Dave Daniels on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk depend on it. Hi folks, it's me again, and I'm cooking in the sun just like you are. But you know, you can still plant those trees and shrubs right now, and with proper watering, still gain a full summer's growth. We keep our garden center fully stocked all summer long with thousands of good, healthy trees, shrubs, evergreens, perennials, and annuals, because we know that some folks just can't get it all done in the spring. Also this time of year, there are lots of bargains all over our six-acre nursery and greenhouses. We have potted rose bushes as low as $14.95, plats of annuals starting at $12.95, and hanging baskets as low as $6.95. We still have a great selection of Rose of Sharon, Boxwoods, Hydrangeas, and Barberry. So come out to 1309 Brant Pike and remember we're open seven days. If you work for AK Steel, your pension's value could go down. With the impending union contract change on September 1st, your pension may take a significant hit. Do you know how this change is going to affect you? You could be at risk of losing $25,000, $30,000, maybe even more. Think about what that could do to your retirement. Don't lose a penny of what you've worked so hard for. Mike Martinez from the Pension Group can help you make sense of what this change means for your retirement. For more than two decades, Mike and his team have helped hundreds of families make sense of their pension options. And when it comes to this change timing is everything don't delay september 1st you only have a limited time to make the best choice for your retirement call mike today to schedule a visit or attend an informational event specifically for you 937-669-7094 don't fall victim to these changes 937-669-7094 or online thepensiongroup.com slash events. Investment advisory services offered through the Pension Group. Neither Mike Martinez nor the Pension Group has an affiliation with AK Steel. This is Clark Howard here on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Own an Amazon Echo? When you get home, tell Alexa to play WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
I'll try that again. Welcome back to the show. And if you want to get in on today's show, please call us here at the studio at 457-1290. We're focusing on the incidents of the past week. We're welcoming uh, any perspective and insight you might have relative to what's going on. If you want to talk about anything else, we'll certainly entertain that. But we've kind of devoted this show to what's happened in the past week. Um, I just wanted to mention that uh, um, over uh, over the last week, I tried to get uh, uh, somebody that can talk to us in a little bit more detail about some of the proposals that uh, Governor DeWine made, and kind of our go-to source isn't going to be available till next week. So I want to make sure that everybody tunes in next week, and we will have uh, Senator Steve Huffman who will help us kind of take take us through some of the, the the proposals that have been made, and maybe talk a little bit more in more detail about kind of the tone of the the legislature and how things may progress or not progress through the House. So uh, um, I just want to make sure I let our listeners know that to tune in next week. Mark, let's go right out to the phones and talk to anybody else that might be sitting there. All right. Um, Ray from Kettering has called, and let's jump out and talk to him about red flags. Ray, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, guys. I appreciate to like to listen to you guys whenever I can. And uh, my biggest concern with the red flags is that I think they've got it slightly backwards. If somebody, as one, your previous caller alluded, somebody's so dangerous that you have to go in and Go through even if you go through a full due process and take his farms away. Okay, you just take away hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of his property. And now you're going to leave him out there with a ve- be able to go out and get a vehicle, get gasoline, get hazmat, any kind of number of things that we all know that somebody can do to cause harm. Just getting a knife, for instance, at the hardware store. And uh, if that someone's that dangerous, then again, I'm full up on the due process. But if he's really that dangerous, particularly mentally unstable then maybe we ought to look at something else besides, you know, like an institution or something along those lines, if he really is. And if he isn't, well, then, you know, it's kind of a waste of time. The other thing I would like to see is good criminal and civil penalties for somebody maliciously or falsely filing a report, because I've seen that happen in reports in other states where somebody, you know, ex-wife, girlfriend, or, you know, jealous, ex-whatever, and then filing claims just basically as part of their harassment of somebody's life. Well, Ray, Ray, I want to mention, I, I agree wholeheartedly with both of your claims. The first one's one I want to address uh, right on. When we talk about the first thing we need to do is remove the person from the situation and get them into a mental health situation so they can be assessed, evaluated, treated, and retained if necessary, rather than the first thing we worry about is what are we going to do, take the guns, and then uh, um, go ahead and leave the person at the at the scene. I, I mean, th- there are many problems with that, and again, Um, I will just tell you that the way this has played out in my career, and I think Dave can probably attest to that, even though we didn't call it red flag law, it was a situation where we would um, take somebody involuntarily from their residence when they posed a risk of harm to themselves or others. Many times it was when they threatened suicide, sometimes when they were acting in a manner that led other people around them, whether it's family members or neighbors or whoever, to believe their, their personal safety was at risk. We would remove them take care of that situation, and then make arrangements, if necessary, to secure the firearms. Now, I know that when the the governor spelled out his safety protection order, um, there was no mention of that. Uh, They kind of went right to um, the uh, the content and addressed the equipment when they said they would give law enforcement the authority to remove the firearms from potential dangerous individuals and get them the mental health treatment they need. Now, again, it should have probably said, get them the mental health treatment they need, then if necessary, 
make arrangements for the um, uh, taking of the firearms and storing of the firearms until the case can be adjudicated. So all I'm asking is that before we get too far into this and we kind of put the the cart before the horse, let's wait and see what the proposed actual language in the law and what some of the legislatures are going to say relative to how it's going to play out. And another thing I want to mention, Ohio is, in my professional opinion, uniquely different. Number one, we're uniquely different in the way we've kind of let this concealed carry law, as an example, evolve over the last uh, 15 years since its inception in 2004, but more so relative to red flag as it's being, I think, improperly tabbed and how we've done things over the years. I think that basically, in my opinion, again, the governor did nothing more than add a, a name, a, a buzzword or a buzz phrase, red, red flag to what we in law enforcement have been doing for many times. Now, I could be wrong, but again, I want to just wait and let's see what the actual law says before we start making any inferences. Um, however, I do think that everybody that's in objection to any kind of red flag law, that they should notify their representatives and let them know how you feel. This radio show is an outlet for us to talk uh, and to become the, the, the vocal majority. But at the same time, they need to hear just like they heard when uh, Governor Kasich was going to uh, try to force some things on us a, a year and a half ago, and they acted. So uh, I just want to see it play out versus uh, a situation where we just kind of get ahead of ourselves, and then they come back and say, hey, guys, we're doing what you suggested, and it's just not a good thing. I'm skeptical, as everybody that's listening is, and certainly the two other gentlemen in the room here are so, and I'm going to give them a chance each chance well, to comment on that issue. I want to second that. I mean, we, we definitely want to wait to see what the actual proposals are, what the, what the language of the law is, but we don't have to wait for that in order to make our views known to our legislators. We need to contact our state senator and our state representative, even contact the governor's office and let them know exactly what it is that we're concerned about based on, and in the, in the case of the governor's office, we do have a, quite a bit of detail as to what he's proposing. And there's some things that I'm concerned about. And like, like some of these others have said, it's the fact that we're focusing on the equipment and not on the individual. It's not a matter of the fact that they've got guns. It's a matter that the person is dangerous. And if the person is dangerous, they're going to be dangerous whether they have guns or not. Now, some would argue, well, you can be more dangerous with a gun. I won't disagree with that. But someone who's dangerous is still going to be dangerous, whether they have a gun or they have a machete or they have a large truck or whatever it is that they have. You can cause serious harm to an awful lot of people in a very short period of time if the person is that kind of dangerous. And then they have to be taken out of society until they can be not dangerous. And unfortunately, four were killed and many more injured in California in the last couple of days by an individual who went crazy with a knife and stabbed and killed a bunch of people and critically injured some others. So, Dave? Well, I I think what we have to consider is what the goal is. And if the goal is to reduce violence, I think, is what we're getting at, then the way we do that is what you have been saying, is to keep that source of violence under control. The gun is not going to jump up and start shooting people. How about that? The knife is not going to stab people on its own. The source of the problem is the person. And if that person, like you say, is nutty enough to do that, excuse my language or my choice of words, but, you know. We, we could get a lot yeah. worse than nutty and <laughs> yeah. still not be in the But, but if that person is disturbed enough to, to do that and mentally unstable enough to do that, I'll try to be a little more professional, uh, then that person needs to be controlled somehow. Not the gun, not the knife, not the car, 
not the bag of marbles, whatever. Or a bottle it is. of booze. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's jump back out to the phones and talk to Richard, who's called from Dayton. Uh, Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks oh, for waiting. I have a few questions. Okay. I guess I don't understand why it was important to bring up uh, the murder of political views. I'm I'm having a hard time hearing you. Mm-hmm. I, you're, you're kind of you're. I'm I'm having a hard time hearing you. I, I guess I'm wondering why it was important to bring up the uh, murderer's political views, whether they be from the radical left or the radical right. You well, know, let, let me let me clarify that for you, Richard. Let me let me clarify that for you right now. At the beginning of the hour, I went through four what I thought it should have been major headlines that are accurate and truthful versus what many of us heard over the last several weeks. I didn't intend to be, quote, political, unquote, uh, on on either end. It's just that we've heard many things relative to what occurred here in Dayton, and I'm restricting my comments right now on this show to Dayton. And the reason I mentioned that the perp had a history, um, or I'm sorry, that um, the media Social media revealed that he identified himself as a leftist satanic socialist who hated President Trump and who supported Elizabeth Warren. That's a factual statement versus some of the other unfactual statements or untruthful statements that have been spouted over the last week. That was my sole reason for doing that. I blame the individual, not any of the stuff that he was engaged in, even though we know that that is a... uh, a potential impetus for him to do the things he did, but the individual who committed this heinous act is ultimately the one responsible, and I will just take ownership for this. The only reason I gave that um, as one of the four is that it's a factually substantiated comment. Okay, well, I, I, I guess the other thing you, you guys bring up, a good guy with a gun. Well, all gun owners are good guys with a gun until they do something bad with a gun. Then they're bad guys. But... Uh, then again, uh, since we're only going to deal with facts about what happened in Dayton, Ohio, it, uh, why don't we discuss how Sherrod Brown and uh, Mike Turner are in agreement when it comes to this weapon? I'm, I'm okay with you discussing that. We're, we're, we're I don't have any objection. Somebody I don't... from the right, we're talking about a Trump supporter. We're talking about somebody from the left that's an Elizabeth Warren supporter. So I guess uh, bringing bring the political affiliation, it, 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 I, I don't quite understand. It's kind of misleading to myself. And then when, when you talk about the governor one armed personnel, well, wake up, everybody. Dayton Police Department is probably the best armed personnel you could have had in the Oregon District, and it didn't take them 60 seconds. It took them 30 seconds to take the guy out. Okay, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of the comments you made, sir, and uh, I've, I agree, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that Sherrod Brown and uh, um, uh, Representative Turner, Turner agree on some common-sense uh, gun legislation. That's the we. I'm not... Uh, arguing that point at all, and I'm not making any political statement relative to that. I'm also not saying I'm not ha- going to again engage today in the discussion about the good guy with the gun versus a bad guy with the gun, uh, because there are people who have opinions on both sides of the fence. So um, I certainly am welcoming your commentary, your ability to bring those issues to the fore here. That's what this forum is all about, and your opinion is just as valuable as anybody else's that calls in here. All right, thank you. Thanks You're for welcome. calling. And again, I want to mention to our audience out there that uh, anybody that wants to call and they want to make comments, I said we were going to try to restrict it relative to 
this incident, but if you have broader issues, you certainly are welcome to call in and, and, and voice your opinion. Uh, we, whether we agree or disagree, you are entitled to have that forum. We may ask you questions. We may challenge you. You can challenge us like the caller just did me. I gave an answer. Some people will go along with that being a valid answer. Others may disagree, but the bottom line was that was the reason I did what I did because this last week, I think when we were inundated with a whole bunch of inaccurate, politically driven information that I think controlled people's minds and contributed to just people being generally upset and wanting to turn the television off. Well, and there were a lot of assumptions that were made before we had any data. And then those assumptions were then translated. And the more those get spoken, it sounds like there's fact behind it. When the actual facts did come out, they didn't line up with the assumptions. And and so that's one of the things that we've tried to do on this show is to bust the assumptions and go with the facts. Yeah, we uh, and relative to the issue concerning police officers versus citizens, that's another show. And we've addressed that many times on this show. Um, we, we believe that uh, um, people who are ready, willing, and capable are the most likely to either not very rarely eliminate but minimize and that's played out time and time again whether it's been police officers or civilian those are the facts and we can argue whether it should be police officers or trained civilians or a combination of the boat of both or or some other entities but the bottom line is we know that rather than just locking doors having people with a gun on the premises is much more effective in most of these incidents all right, we're going to need to take our last break for the hour, but if you'd like to get in on the last segment of the show, give us a call at 457-1290, and we'd love to get you on the air as well. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro with Dave Williams for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic, and our Ask the Expert weekends, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hi folks, it's me again, and I'm cooking in the sun just like you are. But you know, you can still plant those trees and shrubs right now, and with proper watering, still gain a full summer's growth. We keep our garden center fully stocked all summer long with thousands of good, healthy trees, shrubs, evergreens, perennials, and annuals because we know that some folks just can't get it all done in the spring. Also, this time of year, there are lots of bargains all over our six-acre nursery and greenhouses. We have potted rose bushes as low as $14.95, plats of annuals starting at $12.95, and hanging baskets as low as $6.95. We still have a great selection of rose of Sharon, Boxwoods, Hydrangeas, and Barberry. So come out to 1309 Brant Pike and remember we're open seven days. At Jeff Schmidt Auto Group, we have seven state-of-the-art service facilities. All seven locations have modern waiting areas with free amenities. Or drop off your car and drive off in one of our complimentary loaner vehicles. If you're too busy to come in on a weekday, schedule a Saturday appointment or use one of our 24-7 drop boxes. Your car will be taken care of by one of our certified technicians who are always kept up with the latest training. From an oil change to a major collision, come to Jeff Schmidt Auto Group and experience the advantage. Quality is here. Family is here home is here. Come home to St. Leonard. On 240 acres of beautiful scenic landscape, St. Leonard is where comfort and convenience meet. That's why home is here at the St. Leonard
campus in Centerville, one of the largest faith-based older adult communities in Southern Ohio, where residents of all faiths enjoy convenience, security, amenities, and activities. You will be surrounded by friendly neighbors and caring staff at St. Leonard. Call 675-0163 or visit homeishere.org. This is Rick Moody, your commercial real estate connection for the Dayton region. For leasing, buying, selling of office, retail, industrial, or warehouse space, contact me at Coldwell Banker Commercial Heritage. This is Rick Moody. I am your place for space. We're looking at mostly sunny skies for our Saturday. Low humidity and a high of 81 degrees. It'll stay quiet in the evening and overnight as well. Low temperatures dropping to 60 degrees. More sunshine in store for Sunday with a high of 86. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Welcome back to the show. Let's jump right back out to the phones and talk to Ron, who's calling from Dayton. Ron, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. What would you like to discuss? Uh, well, I just called in. I was listening to the radio show. I listen to most Saturdays. Thank you. Um, my friend was... Uh, was one of the good friends of the shooter and played in a, in a, in a rock band with him. And he was at my house every Sunday. And I feel, and me and my family feel lucky to be alive as well. But, um, in the couple weeks leading up to this, like my, my son and his other friends had distanced himself from him. And because he was acting very, very strange. And just two weeks prior to this, we had a conversation about him because I, I come home on a Sunday and he wasn't there. And I asked where he was and they said they're not going to have anything to do with him anymore. And because of his strange behavior. And then two weeks later, this happens. Yeah. So I just want to say that my son, like I know it was uh, it was published that he was in some um, band with uh, that talked about, you know, rape and killing. And it was nothing like that. My son doesn't play in any kind of band like that. So, okay, Ron, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, I can hear the ang- the anxious yeah, and the, it's a, just it's the a stress. Tough situation I share in your your fear for what could have happened. If I can, I'm just going to segue into these are the kinds of things when they talk about early warnings that we all have been subjected to. We've all heard and seen things of people, and we just kind of internalize it and say, "Well, I hope nothing happens." And boy, why don't you stop staying? You know, stop hanging around with that person. And when you look at the totality, when each individual situation doesn't necessarily cause, uh, I'm going to use the word for extreme alarm, but when you look at the totality, you say, wow, not only am I having these feelings, but he's having these feelings, she's having these feelings, he did this, he did that. And uh, at some point, this is where we as a society, all of us need to get better at getting the, the right people involved to maybe have some early intervention take place. Right. I yeah. mean, I just want to add like one other thing, like... My son had only known him, my son and his friends had only known him for the past year. He was, like, introduced by an acquaintance, you know. And he showed a lot of strange signs. I asked my son if he knew anything about his past, and he didn't know anything about his past, like his school past or anything, you know. Yeah. So it was all a shock to us, but it all hits really home, you know. Sure. When when we actually know the person, and, then you know, we feel lucky to still be around ourselves. Right. Ron, thank you for sharing that with us. Let's jump out to Brian, uh, who's calling. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm Brian from uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I'd like to ask you guys what the, the true meaning of uh, the amendment is. I'd also 
like to ask everybody out there in the audience that they could look at this on my website too, libertiesflame.com, and talk about this also after the show. Thank you. Okay. What was uh, the question? Wanted to know the true what? meaning of the Second Amendment. I mean, uh, I, I think the yeah, twenty. Yeah, with the Second Amendment, like, what rights does it, does it truly give us by the meaning of the words? Well, and, and what rights do you think we have, and what rights do you think we've lost since then? And like I said, anybody can visit my website, Liberty Explained. Well, I, you know, that I, I get that, and it's real, and you know, I wish we had a whole show just to do that because <laughs> yeah. uh, the the problem is that. Uh, we've got about five minutes left, and not even that. And I don't. There's the the meaning of the Second Amendment. I think is very clear from the 27 words of the Second Amendment: a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And we can talk all day about whether or not what has happened up to this point already constitutes infringement. Uh, I think there are several things that already do. And then the question is, are those things justified? What would the founders think? I mean, I really would love to have a long conversation on this. And we will at some later time. At some point. But this is unfortunately not the time to be able to do it. Uh, thanks very much for calling the show, though, Brian. I really appreciate I, you bringing if, that up. If yeah, I can ahead. just add one thing. It is a natural right yes. to defend yourself. And I think the, the key is that it is not the Second Amendment that gives us those rights. Right. Those rights were inherent human rights, and the founders wanted those guaranteed and protected from infringement by the government. That's what that's the reason they put the Second Amendment in there after what they had seen during the revolution and what had happened with uh, with the when you know in, in the times leading up to it, that's exactly how some of those things started. All right, let's jump out to Bert, who's calling from Dayton. Bert, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Good afternoon, sir. My name's Art, actually. Okay, sorry. But uh, I'm concerned about the optics of the Big O massacre. We're looking at a, an area that has got a high concentrations of bars, restaurants, and parties. And when you get that many people partying, getting drunk, there's a lot of fights. So there was always historically a very high police presence, right? Uh, which made it very easy for the police to, for which I give them all the kudos in the world for, responding very quickly and destroying the threat. However, this, there are people out there who like to make the argument that, uh, that private citizens should not take self-defense into their own hands, that... This is a perfect example of the police doing their job properly. They have done their job properly, but we're not going to have such a high police presence in other areas. And if, God forbid, we have a maniac pop into a Walmart somewhere, you know, it may take 20, 30 minutes before we get an appropriate response. And uh, we've already seen how many people died in 30 seconds. Yes. I, I have p patrolled the Oregon District. Um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And yes, there is a large amount and a high concentration, and it's unusual. So what you say is true. Uh, I don't know of many police officers that would say uh, people don't have the right to defend themselves. We've had that discussion a lot. Uh, most police officers believe that you have the right to defend yourself. Because in most cases, there are only a few of us covering a whole lot of square miles, and we can't be where situations happen most of the time. I want to remind our listeners that next week we're going to have uh, Senator um, Steve Huffman on the show to talk about uh, some of the proposals by the governor 
Um, unfortunately, we ran out of time today. This was a great show. I, I thank all of you who called in. Please consider in the next couple shows doing the same thing because this topic is going to probably be hot and heavy on our minds for quite some time. But be sure to tune in next week when we try to kind of dissect some of the at least some of the rationale behind some of the proposed legislation that is uh, maybe going to move forward in the next couple months. And if you want to contact us offline, go to our website at sim-trainer.com and click the contact button and send us an email. That may also help us to, to guide some of these discussions. Thanks very much for being with us. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro with Dave Williams for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.